0: Fill her up!
1: You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. Nothing uh, yet.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: nothing yet. Did we do our refresh or whatever we've been doing?
0: In the house. Well done. Handled well. That's beautiful. We are live, boys. You... Welcome back! Welcome back! Welcome back! So, how about this for Gas Digital? Instead of being late, we are early for once. Twelve fifty nine on your Monday, halfway through the this day. This is the earliest I've ever been late. It's your boy Gerard Michael's here, and to my left, at six foot three, and every one of those inches is a problem. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend, Mickey Gall. What's going on, Mick? What up, Dow?
2: Welcome back. We got freaking Orlando Jones over here.
0: How Orlando, we doing? How's it going?
2: How we doing? You're about to hear the gravelly voice. <laughs> of a man that is motivated and trained over 5,000, Mike, 5,000 pro athletes, Olympians, and you heard of him. Mike's probably trained him.
3: It's been a long time. A lot of guys, long time. Some people like crazy people, and for some reason I end up being that guy, so it always magnetizes yeah. towards me.
0: So for people that don't know, that don't follow sports, let's say, or don't follow any other sports besides MMA, give us the elevator pitch. Who is Mike Barwis? Why do people care? Go. Uh,
2: how much, t- I- How much time you got, G? 30 seconds or less. Elevator. How much time you got? Zip, <laughs> I, yeah. I, which which part do you fit want this guy in a, to go in a,
0: into? Well, first of in all, you g- you've got one of the best performance centers I've ever been to in my life. I mean, you do like a phenomenal it. job. Your performance center is second to none. Uh, you know, the athletes that you have in there, I mean, some of the highest caliber people in the world. People that, that have, I mean... You're just walking in and, you you know, to, to one side you see one of the biggest stars on Barstool Sports. To the other side you see a guy who was drafted in the top three in the NFL draft. Then you look to your left and there's a UFC champion. Then you look to your right. And there's Ray, for some reason. But,
1: <laughs> <right>?
0: <laughs> but, I mean, it really is one of the most impressive performance centers I've ever seen in my life. And, uh, you know, it's got your name on the outside of it, man. So, I mean, you're like the Donald Trump of performance athletes. Does that feel good? Or, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an that, interesting comparison. That's, 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 he's, he's Trump Tower. Well, I, I still got all my hair, man. I,
2: mean, <laughs> I, I got to say, for me personally... Mike's been like a beacon of light through my, my, my back injury. He's, he's the guy who sent me to the neurosurgeon. He's, he's the guy who's, you know, set me up with the PT. Now I'm in his, uh, his, his strength and conditioning program, and I feel, like I, I said the other day, I feel like myself again. Mm. Like, I feel like I feel better than I have in a long, long time. And uh, it's big credit to you, my brother. Yeah, much appreciated. And I know I'm not the only one with stories like this. You know what I mean? Like you, you've you, you've changed a lot of people's lives for the better.
3: Man, I I appreciate that. You know, and honestly, the only reason I get up every morning is what you just said. It's uh, it's what I aspired to be my whole life. Impactful in the lives of other individuals. It's uh, it's who I tried to be every day, every minute of every moment that God gives me. And uh, if I'm not, then I'm failing. So I think, uh, you know, the opportunity to work with someone like you and see your life grow and 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 see you return to the man. That you want to be that you expect to be everybody has a certain structure and strength inside them everybody has a gift everybody has greatness inside them greatness isn't in the floor it's not in the chair you don't find it in that fancy building it's inside the people and the reality is my job is to get it out and uh if i provide the right environment and i support them in the right ways and i push them when they need pushed they usually end up where they want to be, mm. and that's what life's supposed to be about, right?
0: That's phenomenal, man.
3: And that's uh, isn't that doesn't that sound a little
2: familiar? It does. Sounds I'm great. always telling these guys, yep. I'm telling greatness is is in everybody. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Between him and our, our friend Omri over here, yeah, you know what I mean. They it's, sometimes they like to put limitations on themselves. When I think. The the sky's the limit, and you know. No, the that's not past true. I, you know, I just
0: I do believe in a healthy dose of reality. I, I think. That
2: yeah, that, yeah. That, reality's you know, real, think, but like so is so
0: is greatness. I agree, and I think you just have to get it out of people. So I mean, like it's like a, a great great uh, like. I I've got like 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 to beat you guys over the like head. You're like a, a greatness work. laxative. Then is really the best yeah. way to put that. Is that like <laughs> <laughs> you're <laughs> like a, like a greatness laxative? Like everybody needs a <laughs> you know some Miralax from time to time, and that's that's how you get the best out of your athletes. Is that is that a fair assessment?
3: For sure, I hope the flow yeah yeah, you keep
0: it you keep the greatness flowing
3: i would say i mean there's a lot of pieces to that right there's a lot of science there's a lot of structure there's a lot of of understanding the situation understanding the mind understanding uh what you have to do to create the cellular adaptation but also understanding the heart the desire and the direction and sometimes when we say reality reality is a perception Mm
0: -hmm.
3: what you perceive your reality to be is what it is that day And the reality is often you're greater than what you think your reality is. Mm -hmm. You've set your reality based on fears and limitations. And fear stands in the way of everything you want to achieve in life. If you get it the hell out of the way, you can usually achieve anything you set out to. Does that mean that a man that weighs 370 pounds is going to be the fastest man in the world? No. Can he be faster than he believes he can? Absolutely.
0: See that that's where I tend to fall on it. Where I tend to fall on it is and we, we had this so just to get you caught up, Omri is our producer, uh great, great guy, five foot uh, six Israeli dude and, and the idea is uh wait maybe I'm I, five eight.
1: I'm five eight. Five seven. So the uh, <laughs> the idea so so we're
0: we're sitting here going like okay, if if he trains as hard as he can, if he really puts his mind to it, if he does everything he can uh, you know, he could be one of the best basketball players in the world. And I said, no, that ship sailed. That's, they can't. Now, he can be a better basketball player than he ever thought he could be, but he, he has physical limitations that he's not going to be able to overcome to become an, a top three player in the NBA at this point, at this juncture. At, at this point, yes. Yeah. That's, that's, that's
2: but exactly. Sure. I said, if, if Omri every day, but that's, if Omri every day growing years up, old. he was reaching and shooting and driving through the hole and reaching his arms, I bet he would have grown taller. I, I believe that you like your that. Body adapts I to your think a hundred percent. I think he would have grown tall. Mm-hmm. He would have had more ups, I, mm-hmm. and he could he could have been an NBA player if that sure. was if he had that burning desire and believed that with all his heart and and uh, attacked it and went after mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. and sacrificed for it. I
0: believe, so, yeah. So what do you what do you? Th- I, I'm always interested in that as well. Like, you know, I'm very much into sports science. I, I I love the you know how kind of intelligent professional sports has gotten in these regards when it comes to training. What are your thoughts on what Mick just said there as far as, in your experience, you've been doing this 30 years now?
3: Uh, 33, yeah.
0: 33 years. Do do you find, and you you work with people young, we've seen you working with kids, Mm -hmm. and- high level pro athletes do in your experience, does the body adapt? Where does nature versus nurture fall in, in this, uh, in this kind of,
3: so there's a law of medicine. It's called Wolf's law. The body conforms and adapts to the intensities and directions. It's habitually subjected to Wolf's law. Wolf's law. That's a, that's a, a firm law of medicine. It was originally written for bone, um, And what that is 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 what we do in life is what we become. So if if we say the body conforms and adapts to the intensities, the intensity, let's take a squat. The intensity would be five hundred pounds. Okay, it conforms and adapts to the intensities and in the directions it's habitually subjected to. So if I place that load on the spinal column, going down through my body into my feet, the body will take that stressor and pull more calcium out of my diet, and deposit into my bones and thicken my bones. It'll thicken my muscle tissue and add more sarcomeres in parallel to let me overcome the force. My connective tissue gets stronger and more rigid. What we face in life, we adapt to. That's the whole principle of everything we do in life to be great at anything. Mm-hmm. Not just training, not tra- just performance. If you spend every day reading, you're going to be a great reader. If you spend every day speaking, you're going to be a great speaker. If you spend every day training, you're going to be in great condition. Those are different aspects that we are made to adapt to our environment and and the stimulus that we provide, which is why people say all the time, well, it's you're, you're training sports specific. I think that's crap. I think it's a cop-out. I think you're training cellularly specific. You're providing a cell, a given stimulus that you desire or want to elicit specific adaptation to. And If you give it that stimulus, it's going to adapt a specific way. It doesn't choose to go one way or the other. It it adapts the way it faces stimulus. Mm -hmm. Just like your brain, just like your mind, once they found that it worked for bone, they realized it worked for everything. So yes, do I believe that uh, if I take a pitcher and he throws uh, 2,000 pitches in a year, that his shoulder is going to be levated, internally rotated, and protracted? Absolutely, I do, because the stressors are going to pull those muscles in that direction. If he does that over years and then doesn't counteract that, does that make the body... uh, uh, the shoulder sit in a different position and then cause more likely bone spurs and other things inside the shoulder, for sure that's going to happen. So, But that happens in every aspect of our lives. So when we choose each day whether it's how we talk to ourselves, whether it's how we train, choose your things wisely mm-hmm. because what you choose in life you eventually will become. And if you talk to yourself in a way that's limiting and you say, yeah, greatness is in everybody but my wall is here, you've already ended your opportunity to be there. So the reality to me is don't close doors that you've never obtained until you've done the work to obtain it. I always say you can't do common things and expect uncommon results. Sure. If you do what no one else is willing to do, you can have what no one else will have.
0: Mm -hmm. And It's interesting. Jocko says something very similar where he says life is just a reaction to stress. Everything in life Mm -hmm. is a stress reaction. And a big part of Mickey's training that he's talked about on here a lot is – putting himself in highly stressful environments getting into the the hot tub or not the hot tub I'm sorry sauna for for an hour and then doing the cold bath and then you know what this is something where again when I was playing 15 years ago you got it was it was like almost a punishment when you were injured you have to get into the cold <laughs> bath and now people are are subjecting themselves to this hell willingly, like to start their day. Do you, do you think uh, some of this stuff is kind of pseudoscience? Do you think some of this stuff is, is predicated on different people at different levels? Or do you think there's kind of a universality to this?
3: You know, I, I think there's always science in everything. I think they, what you have to be careful of is taking one thing and making it the only reason. Right. Uh, and when I say that, like, for instance, years ago, people started this thing where you should stop stretching. Right. You should never stretch because if you stretch, you stretch the cross bridges. It makes you less explosive. Well, that makes sense. If I stretch right before I sprint at maximum yeah. velocity,
0: it was something that, they, that at the end with the cards, they were like, don't stretch before because we had always done static stretching. Mm-hmm. Don't stretch and don't do uh, any high intensity, low intensity cardio. Everything should be. Um, motion movements and high intensity because there was something about it lowered testosterone mm-hmm. and now the people i see are they're back to doing not only static stretching but they're doing like foam roller and like
3: isometric work and i'm like this is crazy yeah, what is, like it, people take situations and they blanket them it's the only answer everything in life is conditional what is your goal and that's where i say it's less about the sport and more about the cellular response what is your goal And how do you position the stressors to adhere to the growth in that goal? So, in other words, if my goal is to sprint immediately after this, then I probably should do most of my stretching earlier, warm up effectively, stretch, give my cross bridges the time to return because they do return after you stretch, you're not paralyzed in that limb for the rest of your life. They don't miss contacts. They actually inherently go back, but there is a little more elasticity to that fiber. So you're going to get a little bit more in the stretch reflex and my stretch, stretch reflex when you hit the ground. It can be effective. It's where you use it, when you use it, how you use it, and what are you identifying you're trying to use. Uh, Twenty years ago, you didn't do Olympic lifts over six reps. I thought it was the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm like, if you're talking about hypertrophication, hypertrophy occurs more rapidly in fast twitch fibers than slow twitch fibers. This is a fast twitch room. Why don't we do it in higher repetition for a hypertrophy phase? Well, it's not going to create power. Well, my goal is not to create power at that point. My goal is to create hypertrophication and cross-bridge engagement, try and get as many sarcomeres in parallel as I can so I can create more power with more fibers. There's no way...
0: Any of those words were real words.
3: <laughs> sarcomeres. <laughs> Omri, our, 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 what's our, going our, on here? Our, just, our, our audience yeah, is gonna are, gonna am Google. Am it. I being put yeah. on here?
0: Yeah, I, mean, I know. I know. I don't
3: hit my sarcomeres nearly. That, that's yeah, for sure. You got to step so up them sarcomeres, dog. In, in,
0: in lay terms, what the fuck did you just say? So, sarcomeres
3: is, is, is the smallest contractile unit of a muscle. Inside your muscle, you have what looks like a come along in your truck. Okay, you're trying to tie your motorcycle down. You clip two ends and you crank that sucker. Well, the two ends, the actin. And the myosin one's a thick filament one's a thin filament they hook they bond and then they swivel that's what actually shortens your muscle it creates a contraction okay when i can get more of those in parallel it's like hooking more of those clamps up to the car mm. and i've got more torsion and force so more of those in parallel if i go to a strength phase and i recruit more of them per unit of contraction i have more force if i teach more of them to fire faster per unit of contraction i have more velocity and velocity and force are inverse right So as velocity goes up, force goes down the human anatomy. As force goes up, velocity goes down. So if I took a a bench press and I said uh, that I'm going to give you 500 pounds or 135 pounds on a bench press, which one do you bench faster? People say, well, shit, 135. I always say, why? Well, it's lighter. That has nothing to do with it, really. The reality is how you deal with weight that matters because they both fall at 9.8 meters per second of gravitational pull, right? Neither one of them create movement. They're both inanimate objects. So you're the mover. So the weight itself has nothing to do with the velocity. It's how you accommodate weight that has something to do with the velocity. So when when you handle a heavier load, it requires more of those sarcomeres to connect per unit of contraction. That takes more time to facilitate those connections. Therefore, it must move slower for a heavier load than it does for a lighter load. So inherently, we have less fibers active at high velocity per unit of contraction than we do at low velocity. That's why we're in strength. We like eccentric loads, time under tension, all of those factors to develop our forces, right? However, at velocity, we want as many of those fibers to convert to speed as quickly as possible. But if we don't have them laid in parallel, we can't recruit them. Mm. If we don't recruit them, we can't activate them at higher velocity. So inherently all of those things are occurring when we look at a cycle. So some people say you should only train at high velocity to be fast. Well, that's great, but you didn't increase your cross-sectional area and you didn't increase your recruitment. So you have a limitation. Some people say, "Well, you should just do the hypertrophy endurance stuff." Well, then you didn't recruit your strength and you didn't recruit your power, so you have a limitation. It's understanding what the cell needs at what time that gives it its specificity. Instead of coming up with these situations where everything's blanketed. Hey, is it good to get in a cold tub? Is it not good to get cold tub will work for inflammation? It's gonna it's gonna calm your system. It's gonna have a hormonal response. It's gonna put you into more of, the, of a sympathetic type response hormonally. There's different things that are gonna happen. Is that your desire? Then it's avid. If your desire is to get rest and calm, then maybe that warmth will kind of calm you down and help you feel like you're tired and and adjust. So there are different factors depending upon what you're trying to do that make you determine what you utilize for that environment.
0: Mm. So when we look at the athlete overall, is that is, is that to say that there's always going to be a position where it's a give and take? Is there an optimization level for somebody, or is this the idea like you talked about before, like overload, underload training? Like you know, and again, I guess some of this is still very new. We're, we're kind of you know, at the very early stages of sports science in, in a certain way, right? Like, again, back in the day, you have uh, Tom House, right? Mm-hmm. Tom House writes a book about he watched everything Nolan Ryan did, and he's like, okay, this is how you make the perfect pitcher. Then he teaches, you know, Mark Pryor and all these guys all this overload training and, you know, how, how to you know develop perfect mechanics, and then they all blow out, and he writes a second book, and that second book becomes a bestseller also. it goes, don't do anything I said in the first book. so it's a good way to keep selling books right yeah and and he's still he's still a guru to this day people work like now you know he's like the godfather of throwing mechanics um and what they realized was the overload stuff is great you do get stronger but then your body to your point to your point you train slower so why you're stronger but you can't you can't get that 110 mile an hour whip same thing guys would always train running uphill Then run the hills, the Jerry Rice stuff. They were like, wait, you should train running downhill, too, because then your body learns to recoup faster. Your body moves faster. So there's always this kind of up, down, in and out type of a situation where it's like, well, that works. It worked for Jerry Rice. Everybody does what Jerry Rice does, and then, well, nobody turns into Jerry Rice. So that's kind of, I guess, more like what I'm talking about with the reality situation Mm -hmm. is you can do what Jerry Rice does. You can be in the exact same environment as Jerry Rice. You can even be in the same family as Jerry Rice. You're not going to be Jerry Rice.
3: Yeah, no, I, I think there are things that make each individual unique. That's what. You know, if everybody was just like me, I wouldn't want to be here. Mm-hmm. Frank, you know, uh, the differences in populations, and cultures, and environments, and 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 how people operate make it fun. It also makes it fun to coach. For me, if you're really saying sports science, you're and you're really implementing it, you're you're identifying the individual, right? Um, we run, I wrote the ARS screen, which is a neural screen that we use for people with disabilities, and we run in multiple pro teams I run around the world. Uh, what are some of those teams? Uh, I run the Detroit Red Wings, Anaheim Ducks, worked for the New York Mets, uh, done, a, done a ton of teams. So okay. uh, ran the University of Michigan, ran West Virginia University, uh, and then run centers around the world, worked with over 5,280 Olympic and pro athletes in 54 sports. So, What do you, what do you
0: think you the season. expectations with uh, Brett Beatty? you think Brett Beatty is going to be a big-time big leaguer or what?
3: these stud there's no question there the question is what happens you know i mean i i don't i don't put those expectations in until i see somebody compete at that level mm. because the stressors are different right like uh i'm not even talking about the physical capabilities i'm talking about the mental capabilities going on to a field and competing in any sport where everybody there is rooting for you and even though you're in a way game, everybody's still there, like you're, you're a famous guy. And then you go to a place like New York City and compete, and even your own fans hate you. <laughs> it, it, it can be tough, right? Yeah. Mentally, that's tough. So the question is, not only physically, what's someone capable of when they start competing with the, the best athletes in the world, but also what are they mentally capable, capable of enduring mm-hmm. when they get there? I, th- I think those are all attributes that have to be identified. Some
0: Darren Ruff just all but admitted that it, it wasn't for him, man.
3: It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, I've seen guys that are successful in, in smaller markets, and some of the best players in the league move to big markets. And Jeremy they, Burnitz. Right. What happens? They disappear. Twice. Well, when you get on there and every week you're, you're a bum, and that sits in your head. And you're not actually a bum, yeah. but everybody's telling you you're a bum. Yankees, sits Joey Gallo. Yeah. yeah, and I, th- I think, like, that's where you got to identify your guys, right? So we run that ARS screen joint by joint to determine, like, what imbalances they have, what forces are stable, how do I balance out their what's happened to them over their life, how do I get rid of their deficiencies, how do I make they're sure they're effective and, and uh, antagonist ag- to agonist right to left. Then I say, okay, let me assess you on a force plate. Let me determine how you fire. You know, you might be force-related. You might have a lot of strength. You might not convert in an MRSI. You, where you don't explode efficiently with your strength or generate power efficiently. Maybe you don't D appropriately, but you do, uh, uh, accel very efficiently. So I got to work on your D cell uh, and then identify, Hey, how does your posterior chain work in relationship to your anterior chain? Um, what are the different metrics that are telling me about where you are right now that can turn you into what you need to be instead of where you're, you are a relative to the whole world. It's, everybody's different. Everybody has different genetics and everybody's in a different place.
2: That's something I wanted to piggyback on. Um, you said that in the beginning, that how everybody, like all individuals are different. They have their, like I always believe people have their things they're like superhuman in and their, their deficits. You know what I mean? Everybody from person to person, the fact that we're all different, this is something David Adiv said, one of my mentors, like I have his initials on my ankle, my first jujitsu coach, my only jujitsu coach, is that the fact that we're all different is what makes us all equal. Mm-hmm. Right, so speaking of mentors as well, um, do you ever hear the thirty three percent rule? Yes, I have. You have. So that was one of the reasons why I moved down here. Uh, my, I'm familiar with it. all right thirty three percent rule is this: is that thirty three percent of your time should be spent a- around mentors, people who like who know more than you, ha- have more life experience, more experience. Uh, you know, coming down here, I got you know I got Henry and I got uh, the coaches at the gym, some of the older guys in the gym. Mike's my newest uh, mentor. You know, then I have uh, 33 percent of your time should be spent with peers, people who want to be the greatest, want to be their best selves, are are aspiring to you know to greatness, and that's I got you know a, over 40 guys in the gym like mm-hmm. that. Now I'm training with uh with the pro group uh, over at Barwest, where I'm you know even in different sports, I got guys who are going after the same thing, and then 33 percent of your time should be spent mentoring and picking up people who want to get to where you are, right? It's kind of like leading them and helping them out. Who are some of your mentors? Because I know you're a mentor to a lot of people. Who are some of your mentors growing up um, that, like, influenced you and set you on your path?
3: You know, it's a a good question. I also think that that same model extrapolates into a competitive environment. Uh, I always tell my kids, look, you want one guy that's going to kick your ass. Mm. You want one guy that you're gonna battle with, you're dead even with, and every day is gonna be a war. And you want one guy you can beat the hell out of and feel good about.
2: Hundred percent. If, if, if I, I could not agree with that more, especially in in my sport, that's like someone who gets it better than me. That's my new best friend. Mm. I'm 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 grabbing you every every day.
0: I'm, I want to round with you because I want to keep stepping my shit up. That's how I sharpen yeah, my sword. Sure.
2: You know, Oddly I, I think enough, that's that, so true. Th-
0: that seems to be the way in the NHL and the NFL specifically. They try to 100%. create teams in the salary cap, the salary cap environment. All right, we're going to spend a lot of money on these guys. They got to carry the team. Then we got our everyday guys who need to do the job. Those are your competitors. And then the rookies, they they, they better learn quick. Yeah, and that's you know the NBA. You really don't
3: need that. You just need the one guy. It's the perfect model, to be honest with you. It really is. And and, and if you want your mind to grow in the right way, mm-hmm. it's how you should work, right? Because you're you're one guy's going to make you aspire to be better. One guy is going to make you learn how to fight when the match is even. And the other guy is going to make you feel confident about what you're turning into. And I think those three things require, your soul requires that, right? I, th- I think I think it has to have that.
2: You don't want to just be the big fish, just feeling yourself all the time because you're going to face someone out there who's, who's grinded and come up the right way. Sure. Who's had that 33% all ways.
0: How about a 25, 25, 25, and a 25 for sleep? Or maybe, you know.
2: Speaking <laughs> of sleep, that's a great one. You lead know. me to a great one. Now, you uh, notoriously don't sleep very much. How many yeah. hours of sleep do you usually get a night? Three to four nights about reasonable. Three to four. And som- I hear sometimes you'll stay, up just 48 hours in a row
3: just so if i'm flying with pro teams obviously i run training centers and then have a lot of people that, that count on me so i want to be there and do what i have to do to, to to help them uh and i still run professional sports teams so i'll fly out work 48 to 62 hours come straight back go to work in the morning and then go home <sighs> and sleep so-,
0: so what are your thoughts on adderall
3: <laughs> don't I don't drink. Water, man. Water. Agua. Don't wow. even take caffeine. Don't like caffeine. Really? Man. I always thought there was coffee in that cup. Nah, I always assumed. Really? watch no Oh, shit. Out? Look at that. Straight water. Yeah, that's right. Jesus. I see it. For me, I can't do it. I'm, I'm, what a I'm beast. highly driven. I got a ton of energy. I love life. I stay on fire. I was born that way and bred that way. And mm-hmm. and from my standpoint, like, if I take that stuff, I feel like shit. And I'm, I get tired. I get tired when I take caffeine. You asked about mentors. I would say, like, my... I had some. I have a really strong, tough family. Okay, uh, uh, my dad's construction worker, grind all day long. Just
2: grew just, up in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, so a physical man, uh, definitely a guy who uh, who likes work, tough, rigid. Doesn't give forgiveness to himself, is, mm-hmm. is going to do what he's got to do and accomplish the task one way or the other.
0: Duty-oriented?
3: Yeah, driven. My grandfather was a farmer. Same type of thing. It's funny. New-collar guys. Yeah, and, and and they taught me that mentality, but they also cared about people. So they taught me that self-sacrifice and drive are what I'm supposed to live for mm-hmm. instead of being selfish, right? And and, and individual is, uh, individualization, I think it's a big thing right now. People are like, hey, it's got to be about you and and i agree with some point it's got to be about you and in knowing what your goals and what you were designed for what are your given traits your god-given passions and your abilities yeah Yeah. it's got to be about you sure but to be impactful it's got to be about everybody else i couldn't i got to
0: give to get i couldn't agree with that more and and not only that uh and i I love that because i've been struggling kind of with this uh philosophically with society in that on the one hand I believe in the holy individual. I believe the individual is is the the world's smallest minority, and I believe people, special people, can change the world. But I I think that that has been co-opted into this idea that it's okay to be narcissistic, Mm. and that everything that came before you was done by somebody who was stupid or morally flawed, or in some way, you know, we can just forget the past. I think that our generation and the generations after us are very much struggling with the gratitude mentality and we don't, and we take for for a remarkable amount of granted the sacrifices that were made to give us what we have today. Now that doesn't mean, you know, that we need to sit there and, and, you know, you know, bend a knee and, and pray to the altar of, of the great generations past. But at the same time, like this idea that we know better than everybody that's ever lived in history and that, we are the smartest people ever because the information box tells us so. It's something I find really grotesque, and I think it's having a really bad effect on society in general.
3: I agree with you. It's funny. I always use the example of the light bulb, right? I say, uh, you know, who invented the light bulb? And you get multiple answers, right? you got Tesla, Westinghouse, Edison. Somebody's going to come up
0: with it. It was an answer. intern at, at Edison, right. Bell Labs. Uh, Edison it, Labs.
3: It keeps flipping one way or the other, but yeah. somebody invented it, right? And then I say, okay, well, who invented the light bulb above your head? And people say, oh, I, I, I don't know. Mm. Who made a better bulb? And they say, Well, I mean the guy above my head, okay. Mm -hmm. The guy you don't know made a better bulb than the man who invented the bulb. Sure.
2: Isn't that not true? Yeah, it's it's who was didn't they didn't I I heard that the original that one of the original light bulbs
0: made is like still burning.
2: Oh, and that well, they yeah. made these light bulbs shittier To, to keep yeah, us yeah. buying well, the, light
0: bulbs oh, Well what's the word that, that, it 19, I can tell you when it happened 1917 yeah. uh, It's um, Oh my god uh, Omri what is it called It's like controlled obsolescence Or something like that oh, What the fuck
2: I, I think it might be controlled obsolescence It's something believe, Yeah so it yeah, becomes that's, that's the, uh, obsolete If it, if it, it, it So Defects
0: It's
3: yeah. in every product
0: <laughs> Well they, they yeah. literally there was a, It was like at the World Fair Or something like that The same people And this is why I hate the World Economic Forum Mickey The same people that decided That we need a We need a worldwide uh, uh Centralized bank. We need uh, it, it, the uh, income tax, the federal income tax. The that uh, we need the UN. It all happened in the same conference, essentially. And they were also like, by the way, uh, the shit we're making. It lasts it's forever. It's too good. Uh, can we stock? How, how, <laughs> yeah. how the hell? I, I, guys, yeah. with all due respect, uh, I'm General Electric, and I, I sell one refrigerator every 60 years. Can we, like, maybe calm down a little bit here? Yeah. Let me like, these things to conk out a little quicker. Yeah.
3: It's the same thing with cars. I think I think not necessarily looking at how long it lasts. I'm talking about the efficacy and the efficiency of it, right? Okay. So so if we look at it, does this one give us more lumens and generate more uh, light at a, at a cheaper price with less process, easily, totally. readily available, for sure. Mm. It's way more efficient, way mm. more effective. We don't have the huge apparatus and all the other structure. Right. We're able to get those resources easier. Was this guy smarter than that guy, which actually leads me back to where you went. Was this guy smarter than the guy who invented it, or was the guy who invented it smarter than him? The guy who invented it, for sure, had novel thought. He was actually probably way more
2: He was the original
3: thinker, right? sure, sure. Way more ingenuitive than the guy who made it It's novel. easier to guy, take something
2: and upgrade it rather than
0: create
3: something. There the, you the go, Japanese
0: model, of Kaizen,
3: for 100%, sure, yeah, hundred percent. So that's what we've done in society, right? We've taken things that people have done and we've said, "This." Are guy you admitting has-
0: the cultural preparation? That's it. Mike Barwis admits to being a cultural appropriator right here, <laughs> slick and thick. You heard it here first. The gotcha
2: Innov- innovation.
3: Innovation, yeah. we yeah. step it up. We That's take the way it and- used to be called evolution. Like yeah. it used yeah. to be a good thing. Yeah. Like, and, and and I think I think we still come up with new novel things for sure. Yeah. But oftentimes, what we're doing is we're making something else better. And for some reason, our ego doesn't allow us to admit that it existed and we made it better uh, instead of saying, look, I got this. It's mine. His is all wrong. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay to, to make something better. I actually like when Tom House wrote the book and came back and said it was better the second time. Yeah. Don't pay attention because at least he's acknowledging that what he did had novel thought, but what he does now is more refined and better than what he did. Mm. Before. Not I only agree.
0: that, but there's, there's an authenticity in that sort of humility that goes, yeah, you should listen to me because I look, I thought it was right then mm. and it was right then. And then I got more information. Information. Like, that's something, maybe it's the, the, the people planting their flag. We talk about credentialism a lot on this podcast, about how, like, people will have never worked in any society whatsoever, like any tangible aspect of it, but they've studied a Ph.D. And like, I think one of the things that separates you is that you can – read the studies, but you also competed at a certain level to be able mm-hmm. to translate that to somebody who doesn't have the time or effort or energy to understand. And also you can tell what's bupkis and what's not. Because, you know, Mickey says it all the time, there's, there's C-degree, you know, there's C-degree doctors. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we've gotten to a place in society where, you know, it, your credentials are supposed to... Like we autom- worship the degree. We worship the degree and it's like, how Terrible. dare you question me? How dare you to trust the science? It's such elitist nonsense. Literally, the lady we talked about at the... at, at the school board two weeks ago, where she was hmm. like, "Why are we listening to parents?" I have a PhD in education. Yeah, you, you don't have, have kids. Pits. Yeah, <laughs> what the exactly. fuck? Like That's it's crazy. it's asinine. And the wildest part, my sister works in education, and we got into this about. It. She was like, "Well, a PhD does mean something." Yeah, I said it means you're really obedient. You can put in you can put in your work on time. <laughs> you're yeah, yeah sure. You showed you it could mean. show up at a place you for eight up. years or whatever. I was like, and I'm like Emily, with all due respect, I love you to death. You spent I guarantee you, you spent your first four years of college learning about the work. Of people who never went to college,
3: you, you know, we'll go back and reflect on on uh, what, coll- what college
0: did Washington go to?
3: Yeah, uh, I mean, with all due respect, my grandfather made a statement to me. I, I got my first job at Run West Virginia University, and and uh, thought it was a big deal. And he was old school, tough, no college education, no high school diploma, mm-hmm. grinder, helped his family through a farm, and and. Uh, I said to him, Pop, you know, I got this great job. It's, it's a new field. It's growing. I think I can be impactful. I've, I've taken the, what I've done in science and I can move it into this field. No one's really invested. A lot of people haven't invested in doing that. It's just been guys who lifted, therefore they did it. I'm excited. And, and I said, West Virginia University is a strong university. I'm excited to work there. And he looked at me and he said, son, don't lose track. He said, a position doesn't make a man. A man makes a position. He said, I also want you to understand that brick and mortars doesn't make a place special. It's people. You got two things to worry about, the people and the man you're going to become to represent the position. And he walked off.
2: That's a good walk off. Tremendous. I thought to myself. Drop the mic. Yeah, I'm
3: like, (laughs) like, I'm an idiot. I came in here being a hero, and he put me into the right direction yeah
0: yeah it's, i it's, mean I, and that's i mean that that's the wisdom of living life you know that's the yeah. wisdom of it that's life experience that's yeah and at, at that at that moment we'll do a read for uh, rudy's go to the comments and we'll come back for the second half here ruby's Sound flowers good. ruby's flowers you ready to wait, wait i got one more question first go for it um i want to get back to the sleep so
2: you only you'll go 48 62 hours sleepless mm-hmm. do you feel like a zombie no, not really. Because so I used to drive a truck overnight, and I would feel like I was vibrating by like by the morning. Sometimes, like the yeah. afternoon. I'm oh. pretty
3: good. Uh, it's when I get around fifty two, I start feeling rough. Yeah, right around there, like 40, first 48 Never I'm get good. sick or not, or anything like no, that. No, not really. I'm pretty strong immune system. Been been pretty solid. Just just who I am. Right. Everybody's different. That's yeah. who I am.
2: That's who yeah, I'm that's 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 definitely one of your superpowers. Now, what do you uh, what do you recommend for your athletes? I, I assume you wouldn't recommend that. Eight to ten. Eight to ten. Nine right. To eight to ten. ten. In the yeah. hours that's yeah. what so I've, yeah. i I heard that I heard that like the way like if we're training two three times a day we should try and sleep ten hours and wow. I used to try and do that and it was hard man and I gotta say I, now I'm right around eight sometimes if I get six I feel better like my body feels a little better in the morning but I think that that compounds and catches up to you mm. so I think if you're really putting in like heavy hard work like you got to really shoot for that that eight to
0: ten. Is there value in uh, and then we got and I nap reading. like a motherfucker. What well, well, I was going to say yeah. is there value in doing it all at once, as opposed to maybe doing a six hour with a four hour nap later or a hyperbaric chamber. Does that help accelerate the the system? I mean-
3: Studies show consistency, right? So, so if you are going to get up at the same time every day, getting in that proper circadian rhythm and understanding that if 7 o'clock is my time for getting up, I'm getting it up at 7 o'clock. If 11 is my time for bed, I'm going to bed at 11. That consistency has the most effectiveness. And then if it is an intense pounding day, so what we do to determine that, I actually test people's biometrics, and then I'll tell them, you need a nap today, you need this. So I know where they are.
2: When you say biometrics, is that like squeezing the – like squeezing the, the grip or you run
3: devices so like i have an aura on my hand right now that'll yeah. determine okay. how i slept uh, i can test with an omega wave in the morning that can look at your sympathetic parasympathetic responses your dc potentials your hrv and then i'll run a hydration test uh to determine whether or not they're balanced hydration wise because mm. all your chemical reactions occur in water mm-hmm. and it's a facilitator of of those biochemical reactions as well as a facilitator of of the neurological impulse helps right. the
2: electricity yeah, yeah.
3: Everything you're doing is, is electric, right? Yeah. Uh, and then additionally, on top of that, I track your acute on chronic workloads so, so that you're not deviating too much from your normative workloads and your stressors are appropriate. Uh, and there's a number of other things, but we track all those numbers and we put together an algorithm that I wrote like 40-some pages, but that'll tell me… This is what that person should do to recover that day. Instead of you panic like, oh, I didn't sleep well, I didn't right. this. All these factors go into who you are. And then here's the things that I can do to optimize you instead of telling you, oh, go jump off a cliff or in trouble.
2: Right. Yeah, I used to wear one of those whoops all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, it, when I would see it, if, like, it would say I was in the red, like the day where it would tell you to rest, like – I got to turn this thing into savage mode or something. Because I I got three practices today. So I remember one day I had uh, a a fight. I was fighting uh, this kid, Jordan Williams. And I woke up on fight day after getting a lot of sleep. And the motherfucker was in the red. I took the fucking thing off I threw it <laughs> <laughs> I looked in the mirror I said fuck that whoop yeah. I gotta get this shit done I don't today. need that it's an arrest day motherfucker <laughs> I, don't need that I, I, I haven't energy. put it back on since but uh you recommend the aura ring yeah Anything I like, I, a, I a like I've used whoop too
3: I think I think the key word is you not looking at it every day you sending those metrics uploading into an AMS system and then telling them how to optimize instead of telling you what's wrong with you cause you don't know that type of mental conditioning yeah fuck with me a little when bit when you wanna be the soldier I don't like people who, who feel like when I wake up in the morning the last thing I wanna here is that I was up for forty eight hours. I want to tell myself I'm a dog and I'm coming to fucking work today to mm. bring it. I yeah. got people's lives to affect, and he let me breathe today, so I'm coming with everything I got. Mm. That mentality has to come out when I show up, regardless of how I feel. So yes. the reality is, I just want to know what do I do to optimize myself. Optimize is a good word. I can be better. I can. I'm, I'm going to. It's one of better my favorites, man. Up, that's right? that's
2: my. That's what I'm trying to do every day.
0: Optimize. Well, that's yeah, thing that's what human. But that's one doing. of the big keys between being a professional and being a hobby. It's like, you know what, when I'm having a day where I'm in the red, shut it the fuck down. I'm going to have myself a nice coffee cake and enjoy my day. And you know, <laughs> I'll rest up and see you the next day. You got you got a strap to obtain. So you got You got to be at your best when your body's not there. That's what yeah. being a pro is. You've got to overcome that. You've got to be able to whoop everybody in the morning if you're feeling like shit, in the afternoon and at night. Yep. The it, best is the best all the time. It ain't going to be perfect. Yeah. It ain't, it, you know, it's it's not going to, I mean, that, that's we talked about that that one day with the, one of the best hitting coaches I ever had about getting on plane. And he's like, you're going to, every time that you hit the ball perfectly, you're going to hit it out of the ballpark. You don't need to train that. What happens when you're half second slow, half second early? And can you still execute? But you know who executes better than anybody else? Oh, here we go. Here's the read. It's Ruby's Flowers. Ruby's, Ruby's Flowers, WI.com. Ruby's Flowers is a hemp company. Company, but unlike a lot of hemp companies, they sell high-THCA hemp flower that gets you high just like a certain funny-smelling plant. Their flower has been bred to have high-THCA, which is converted into Delta-9-THC when smoked, allowing their customers to enjoy a federally legal high from smoking naturally grown legal hemp. No sprays or additives are applied. high THC hemp flour is a solution for smokers who don't live in a legal state or are simply just tired of getting ripped off by large marijuana monopolies and excess government taxes. Become ungovernable people and go to rubieswi.com. Ruby's flower gives you the freedom to get high by smoking the natural cannabis plant the way you want legally and at an affordable price. Right now you can get eighths of high THCA flower strains like Gorilla Glue and Granddaddy Purple sent to your mailbox for only $35 on their website or $25 on their Patreon with taxes and shipping included. Visit rubysflowerswi.com that is R-U-B-Y-S-F-L-O-W-E-R-S-W-I dot com to check out their high THC hemp flower and other THC products. You can find a link to their Patreon on their website where you can subscribe for high quality THC products at unheard of prices. Ruby's Flowers will not show up in the Patreon search as their products are for those over 18 and older. So once again, go to rubysflowerswi.com and tell them that Slick and Thick sent you. Omri, what do we got in the comments,
1: bud? Uh, all right. The first thing I want you to know is that the comments have been so inspired by Mike that we've had like four people do between 40 and 80 push-ups. Hell yeah. <laughs> that's what we love to hear. Fuck yeah. Come keep bringing yeah, it. So, yeah. So they, you inspired the fat fucks of Gas Digital. So that's already something. <laughs> love uh, it. Uh, that being said, they've been a bit too busy to ask for questions. So I have one for you, Mike. Uh You probably have a lot of athletes training for you that we're not aware of. Who do you think we should keep our eyes on for the next two, three, five years?
3: You no, know, it's a good question. I think Mickey's first. He's sitting right there. So he's starting to, he's starting to get back to who he was. He's changing his mind and his body and he's getting, uh, he's getting a feeling of who he is inside his soul back. I think he's going to be dangerous. I think you give him the attributes, uh, uh, of a different environment and different structure with someone who has his heart and his athleticism and his drive. Uh, it's gonna be a tough one to be in a ring with. So, uh, I think there's a lot of guys that, that 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 I've had over the years who've been who've been super talented. I mean, you look at a guy like Brandon Graham who I've had since high school, beast, and uh, great kid. Like he's a, he's like a son to me. He's Did been, he
0: have um, to be an eagle though? <laughs>
3: yeah, I <laughs> know, right? <laughs> I think Gross. he went there. I think he might have went there for me Gross. Growing, up, growing up right? So he yeah he. Uh, but you look at a guy like that who's played this many years and had that level of success. I think those are the those are the ones that I like to to look to. Are guys that have done it again and again and again and again. Jack Johnson, who just played his 1,000th game. Once Jack Stanley Johnson, Puff. man. So I've had yep. him for years. I mean, those guys are 15-, 17-year veterans, you know. If you can do that at that point. He level, had a lot of
0: personal uh, things he had to overcome. I mean.
3: Tough stuff in his family. Yeah. Tough stuff. But an amazing guy. You see those types of that type of consistency over the years. I've had a lot of guys that are 10 years and over. Larry Foote for the Steelers who mm-hmm. play now. He's a coach for Tampa. You, you look at guys that that achieve that level of greatness. Those are the guys I like I like to watch because they show that no matter the adversity, no matter the situation, no matter the work, the discipline, the structure, they show up every year. That's impressive to me. Is
0: that the common thread that you see from the people that are that, that achieve greatness is the consistency?
3: Yeah, I mean, at Larry Foote won his second Super Bowl, and everybody was at Disney because they were, did that big Disney thing, and it was two days after, and he had his ring on his hand, and he was in a weight room throwing up in a trash can. Mm, to me, go. like, show up, right? Like, yeah. that guy shows up every day. Is he as gifted as other people? No. Is he a more of a, a dog and have more commitment? And does he have more heart? And will he bring everything he's got every minute of every every day? A hundred percent. That's who he is.
2: That's more me. admirable to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That, that that dog inside. Nope. Speaking of which, Pat McAfee.
3: Yeah. Very high
2: praise for <laughs> you. They were talking Patty about him. They were, yeah, you love him. Patty you love Pat McAfee. That's any, your guy.
0: Listen, any friend of Patty Mack is a friend of the Slick and Thick Show.
2: He's and talking you, about bars. He's going, he's a dog. a dog. He's a dog. He's a dog. Yeah.
0: Yeah, West Virginia dog. People forget those West Virginia teams were, were we were talking about a little bit. We talked like Steve Slayton. All those dudes Mm. were bad mother suckers. Now, Patty Mack, people don't realize because he's a punter and he's very self-deprecating, dude was a crazy athlete. Ridiculous. Like insane athlete. Mr. Football, unbelievable baseball player, hitting, what is he, like 35 right now, hitting backflips in in, in the WWE ring? The dude's a a beast, Patty Mack. Now, you told me he called that, right?
3: Yeah, so Pat's Pat's unique, right? Pat is, uh, I love Pat. Pat's family to me always will be. He's from Plum, Pennsylvania, right? Kid, uh, little school, nothing there wins a punt, pass, and kick competition as a soccer player, right? I mean, a really high-level soccer player, like a professional-level soccer player. Had
0: His chirps are too good for soccer. We could, exactly. is this? It's just too
1: chirpy. <laughs> had
3: like, the opportunity yeah. to just blow it up in soccer and, and chose football and showed up as a kicker-punter. Um, I, I remember he used to set the ball on the other side of the 50 70-yarders, and blow them through the uprights. You're like, come on, man, this dude's a freak. But he was a grinder. I mean, he was cleaning 365 pounds by the time he left as a senior, squatting 600, ran like a damn deer, physical. I mean, just a he ground, He worked like he was a linebacker, not like he was a kicker punter. Wow. He he was just tough, hardcore, but he called it. He told me, he's like, you know, football's cool. I want to be great, but there's other things I want to do. And this was his freshman year. Really? And I said, uh, yeah, what do you want to do? Because he's always a damn comedian. That's not a show. That's, that's Pat. Yeah. So Pat looks at me, and he's like, Coach, I watch. I want to be a stand-up comedian. And I want to be in the WWE. And I said, well, go get it, dude. What are you waiting for? Well, Stop funny. making excuses. Fucking do it. Next thing I know, he's in the WWE. you called that shit. And he's got one of the biggest
0: shows on TV. So, you know? we, so we have a, a mutual friend, friend of the friend of the program. Uh, Christian Sokoli was a, a draft pick. Great guy. He's the first Albanian ever drafted in the NFL. Playing in the USFL now. I love my, my big malaka there. 6'8", 300 some pounds. Runs a 4'8", just a numbers machine. And he was friends with Mac when he was a practice squad guy. Ended a roster guy for... Uh, Indianapolis and, Mac, and he tells the story about McAfee going, You know, man, I don't know how much longer I want to do this NFL thing. I want to be a comedian. And Christian's like, You can't be a comedian. You're not funny. You're not funny. <laughs> Instead of Christian's doing the opposite. Like, Come on, man. Just kick the football. You're, you're, you're not funny, man. And now, a couple years later, Pat Mack is Pat Mack. Yeah, one of the biggest shows. Yeah, and Christian's trying to get into Hollywood, trying to do some movies and stuff like that. Gives back a few He's like, who's this? <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. I don't, Who wasn't funny? <laughs> yeah, who's
3: funny now, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Yeah, great. Pat's world class, man. He's got Pac-Man Jones on there, too. So I trained Pac, too. I had Pac some freshman year all the way through. Yeah. Had all those guys. That's another
2: Steve's dog. Like, I always liked oh, him. Always man. liked Pac-Man. Pac-Man wow. Jones. <laughs> crappy, bro. That's right. Yeah. Tough, uh,
3: tough, tough early upbringing and and uh and made it through it, you know? I mean, uh, people gave him a lot of discredit for for his early decisions, I think, but <laughs> That kid's heart is gold, man. He's a good person. He's got a sound heart. He's He's been through a lot that people don't know and mm-hmm. that, that that it's easy for us to judge when we don't. I love that kid. He's he's a fantastic human being. Come a long way.
0: Well, let's talk about that for a second because that's something I find very interesting as well. The idea – now, he's talked about Pac-Man got him in trouble. Adam Jones – like, there's two different people with mm-hmm. it, but – he also says Adam Jones couldn't have competed in the NFL. Pac-Man, he needed Pac-Man. And alter ego. You need that. And it, a lot of people talk about that. Dante Wilder, he's the bronze bomber when mm-hmm. he's fighting. Like, there's, You know what I mean? It, it's like I, a, I, a switch... Uh, a, a switch flip. I totally get it. Like, I literally, Gerard Heron is one of the least funny people on planet Earth. Gerard Michaels can make a crowd laugh. I, mm-hmm. And it's not the same person. And if you put Gerard Michaels in in a room full of serious people trying to talk business, I, I'd be too silly. They'd be like, get the fuck out of here. You're wasting our time. It's, it's, and I don't even feel like the same human being. This is why I'm interested in, in the topic. Like, I literally will stare in the mirror until I see Gerard Michaels. Like, I see it. It's a, I, and I know I sound crazy when I say that, but it, it, I can see it differently. And when you look at guys that do that and they're training, right, training with a purpose, you see that they're training for a certain level, how hard is it for these guys not to allow – we saw it happen with Ray Rice. We saw it ha- like, you're getting millions of dollars to be this person, you know, and if Ray Rice had hit somebody that hard on the football field, he got an extension for it. <laughs> and then you hit the wrong person in the wrong place, right, ended his career. You know, and, and, and unfortunately rightfully so I know Ray and I always thought he was a great guy but you can't do that mm-hmm. these guys are being trained and that you're, you're pushing people like you said they're pushing themselves to the absolute limits of their capacities how much responsibility do these organizations make sure you know that these guys aren't going too far A is it the athletes uh, responsibility to make sure that they're able to turn it on and turn it off H- how can we stop these situations that seem to be occurring more and more not less and
3: less Investing in people, I think. I, I mean, I'm that guy, right? So I'm I'm that guy where if you stick me in a, in a competitive environment when I'm coaching, that's the funny part about Pat and and and, and uh, Adam Jones, right? They're talking on 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 the show about my intensity and the craziness and the aggressiveness and how ballistic it was and how you know it pushed them to a different place and taught them their limitations were way way higher than where where they had originally set that 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 bar. Um, I'm that guy, right? But I got to turn it off when I get out of there. And, and that takes mentorship because I was taught that. I was taught by my father, my grandfather, my mother. They taught me that, look, my grandfather used to say all the time, your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. Yours is your passion and your intensity. It is by far your greatest strength. It is also your greatest weakness when you don't control it. And I was taught that from a young age, and I've had to teach my children that. But when you don't have that father, mother, uh, grandfather, that whoever, checks and balance system, who, who do you go to? Right? Where do you learn that? And and, and what you are taught is the other side—that's the side to be the intense, aggressive guy. But no one's taught you how to turn that off or balance. And that's where it. you get your
0: adulation. That's what gets you paid. That's yeah, you know right. that that's where you're getting the positive.
3: That's where feedback you're in the from.
2: zone. That's where you're feeling yeah. alive. And all that shit. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, I always say, if you need football, you're better than if you like. Football And you see that when guys get comfortable. Like a lot of these guys, this is their road. This is their way out. This is their only road. Mm. So I need football to be successful. I need football to be admired. In their mind. They don't necessarily need it. But they need it to be successful. They need it to be admired. They need it to to get away from the ghetto or get away from the environment that they grew up in. Mm. They need it to be relevant and special. So they're going to play like they need it because their life needs it to survive. Whereas if you just like it, and you got everything else, it's tougher to go out there and go to war every day, guys. No oh, different in fighting. No
2: doubt for a, about it. It's hard for a king to get up and go to war when he sleeps sat in satin sheets. But then what 100%. happens
0: what happens when the warrior returns from war and there's no more war to be had? Mm.
3: That's where they need mentors. Mm. And that's you know, it's funny, I was just I won't say who, but I was just on the phone with an NFL player who He was in season eleven. We're in a weight room and I'm getting ready to train and he looks at me. He just had a little girl. And he looked at me and he's like, Man, I don't I don't really like football anymore. I don't want to play. I feel like I'm missing my daughter. She's she's growing. Life is changing. I'm good on money. But this is what I do. Mm-hmm. And I said, stop there. And he looked at me. I said, it's what you do. You're right. But it's not who you are. So I want you to understand there's a difference between what you do and who you are. We sell kids every day that martial arts are bigger than them football's bigger that's bullshit nobody is going to watch a football game unless someone shows up to play it guys mm-hmm. the person who plays it makes the game watchable if I took a bunch of local guys and stuck them on the street and we played a game, you think the whole world's going to turn it on? No, <laughs> no, no. it's not going to happen. You are He's, what makes it Nobody's even watching
0: special. USFL. 100%, <laughs> yeah. exactly.
3: You are what makes it special. So the truth is the value is in, in the person, right? It's in that human being, like I talked about my grandfather stating earlier. And, and the reality is what makes you up is what made this game special. Sure. And, and the truth is, that doesn't go away when you leave football. That goes with you to your next job no, if you find true. it and you
0: carry it. I, I disagree with you. I disagree with you because the, the, a lot of, like you talked about their why? Uh, a lot of people, that why is, hey, I'm hurting, my body's beat up, but I like being VIP at the club. I like the special. T- I'm just keeping it 100% real. I like the women liking me because this is who I am and what I do. I like being a VIP. And the second Maybe it lasts for a year after you're gone, and then that VIP stuff starts dwindling down. A lot of people don't lose their taste for that lifestyle. The lifestyle goes away before they're ready for it, and they' that that's something that they very much. So why struggle can't with. they take that intensity
2: into another
3: craft? Uh, and and, and to, well, that's it there. that's
0: kind of my question. I don't I don't so, know if they so do. That's what he's saying.
3: That's what I'm saying. So I, I think I'm agreeing with you in that. You're saying the why is they like being in those places. But I'm telling you that's not how they got there. Mm -hmm. They got there because of who they are and what makes them up. They succeeded, and the why was a byproduct of that, right? Mm -hmm. That whole, I like the club, I don't want to walk away from it. The truth is they think that that game – is what made them successful, and that's why they have the club and the party and the girls. They don't realize that the game itself didn't make them successful. What made them successful is who they are and what they've done to achieve their goals, and when they got there, they succeeded in sport, and then people surrounded them because they had that success. You can take those same God-given attributes and that same drive and ambition and put it in anything else you do in life. You just have to realize that your success has nothing to do with those cars, the women, in the club. It has to do exactly with what you've done to get there, and sure. you take those same tools that football never takes away from you, and put it into anything in life, and you're successful again.
0: I, I agree with you absolutely about being successful, but I, I also, you know, again, I don't think anybody is opening, you know, the the uh, the the velvet ropes for you know the guy who who works as an ambassador for Goldman Sachs. Uh, the way that they are when he was a 10-year NFL vet.
3: His wife and his kids are when they get home and they're taken care of they their life.
0: So that's what it is then. Do you think the maturity comes with settling down?
3: I think you, the maturity comes with identifying in what you do each day as an accomplishment and being successful and impactful in anything you decide to do, I think the challenge is they take that maturity and they that they, they the lack of maturity at a young age, and they put that same mindset into the club, the parties, the red tape, and all the other bullcrap that really has exactly no that's it,
1: it's
0: bull crap It's shallow. It's fleeting.
2: Sure. I, don't, I think it's no bad. it's uh, a
0: drug in epic. and of itself, though. It's, right. it's addicting. That attention is addicting, is it not? I mean, that's. It, it special treatment feels pretty good when you're getting special sure. treatment, and it's you know. I mean, uh, Family Guy makes a very famous joke about it where Peter Peter Griffin is uh, he's a rock star for the first half of the episode and he realizes he misses his wife and kids and wants to come <laughs> home and he's like, hey, you know, nothing's better than living the life of a rock star and coming home and being a stay-at-home dad. I'll be right back. And he goes out back and shoots himself in the head like that was, <laughs> you know. So, I mean, th- there is something special about being special. I, I don't sure. think I'm saying anything that's controversial here, but you, it has a shelf life. Mm-hmm. And then you see people, they transition out of that very, very poor, you, you could see transcend it over and if, over again.
2: but the people who are, are I think are not focused on the bullshit can transcend that into something even more meaningful
0: i agree uh, I, but I, I just i I, I see it happening unfortunately it it you see it manifested. we just saw it i mean look at look at what just i mean there's there's i don't want to single anybody out there's stories literally every week in 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 the paper there's there's people who You know, it's almost like Icarus. You flew too close to the sun, you know, and it's, you get these unbelievably great athletes, especially if they went to a big time. Right, like these child stars who are like, like, I, I get what you're saying. You know, yeah. and it, it, life moves on, like all of us. Like we all gotta like life moves on. It sucks, but you know, we all got ha, have a, a part to play in this world. And sometimes, you know, I mean, look, it's not an easy thing for anybody to peak at twenty one and live to eighty. Mm-hmm. You know, so how you're talking about helping these guys transition? Also, how do they how do they get that juice? Because again, you can be the best in the world at, at accounting. You're you're not getting the juice of 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 you know. Playing a, a, a combat sport In front of 80,000 people There's just no How are you gonna, How are you going to get that And gist? I guess
2: similar to and, and I think at the end of the day It goes kind of st- It's with that purpose You know Where Like there's, there's a lot of ex-fighters Who they miss that, that rush Where that when you're You know Like I, I said before You win a fight There's nothing you can smoke, snort, shoot or swallow To give you that fucking rush That mm-hmm. adrenaline mm-hmm. that high Right And a lot of guys turn to You know drugs and alcohol and because they're trying to kind of simulate that they're trying to they're they're looking for that juice but i think if you find- if you know i think purpose is the biggest juice you have purpose you can you can you can put your purpose in anywhere whether that's being a you know being a father uh running a business running a company making a difference in other people's lives sure. if there's a lot of juice out there you just got you just got to find it mm-hmm. you know yeah, i think.
3: i agree with that i'm I'm a highly competitive very physical person, but you find I always say, like I mentioned it earlier, you've got God-given talents, attributes, and abilities, and they're fortified with passion. So if you want to find what you're supposed to do, Take a look at your natural talents, your abilities, right? And then find out what you're passionate about. And put those three things into something in life, and you're going to feel accomplished. You're going to feel successful because you were designed that way. That's who you are. Yep. And I don't need to step in a ring and smash somebody's face in anymore. For me, did I enjoy it? Do I enjoy that rush? Do I enjoy that? Absolutely. Do I enjoy, uh, I've got 27 championship rings in different sports. They're in a box, guys. I don't. I couldn't even tell you where the hell they are. I get into my kids. They, they go around a table they picked them and I never saw them again
0: good with our audience so, let's keep that a secret anyway
3: <laughs> so, so you look at you look at those They, they're in a, no one knows where they're at kids, kids pick them they do what they want with them they don't matter it's the journey that matters right I always tell people like I could go buy you the uh, NFL championship trophy I'll give it to you you want it and they're like no why cause didn't earn I didn't want it. to earn it yeah. right 100%. So, so it's not the trophy that's an end destination it's it's the journey it's what you did along the way it's the people who bled next to you it's the people who sacrificed with you it's your family it's mm. your friends it's the blood you spit with the guy you practice with every day it's all of those things that make that inanimate object worthy Mm, mm -hmm. because the inanimate object is nothing of a representation of what you did along the way and who you did it with and because on the last day the truth is we're all going to want to look our maker in the eye and say look i ran as fast as i could run i jumped as high as i could jump i pushed as hard as i could push and today i'm all right with death because today i'll die a champion Mm -hmm. if you can do that then you have purpose in anything you're doing not just in the moment
0: interesting are you familiar with annie jacobson at all not really. Annie Jacobson. Uh, she's been on Rogan a couple of times. She's a, a historian and a journalist and, and you know, very, 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 very smart woman. Um, I attribute everything positive in my life to my competitive nature. Mm-hmm. She has an interesting way of looking at the world where everything negative in the world she believes is the residue of hyper-competitive men. Mm-hmm. So war is competition at the highest level. So her she has this perspective of... Um, being very reticent about how much we uh, how much adulation we give towards competition and winners. Um, my instinct in that is like, ah, you sound like a stupid commie. But the <laughs> it's very interesting the way that she extrapolates it out because you take the she says like you take the most highly competitive people on earth. You think the most highly competitive person on earth is a an NFL running back, a, a UFC fighter. She's like, no, it's a Navy SEAL. It's a Navy SEAL. It's, it's a Green Beret. And you take these people and, you know, we're right now in like 134 countries. I don't know if people know that. There's difference between Department of Defense and then there's the CIA, right? a, a Title 50. It can do whatever it wants, wherever it wants. And it co-ops our Department of Defense to do these things. These guys, four, five, six guys, can do um, the tactical damage of a full platoon. And her thing is, is that a good thing? Is it a good thing to have that much that, that much value in competition where war for, like, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm taking a, a many books that she's written and I'm trying to, like, extrapolate it out. Without highly competitive people, would we have war? Is her thing. Without competition for resources, would, would people be banging at each other? Where would we be? What is a world without competition? And what's that look like? You know, that, that's her, like, thought exercise.
3: My concern would be you would still have evil men. And the reality is if you didn't have somebody who was competitive with evil men, you would have the indifference of good men. And if you have the indifference of good men, you evil men will rule. And you'll end up in a bad climate and a bad environment. Just uh, me thinking off the top. I love
0: that. That's a great answer. That's a great answer. So, I mean, the the idea is now that circles back towards the purpose that you're talking about. It's having, it's having that dog, that competitor, and then making sure they have a proper North Star. Yeah, you yep. harness that for yep. good. Yeah. Yep. And what are some ways that that you know, if somebody's listening to this and they're an athlete, they're a high level athlete, you know, and they're they're burning that candle, they're they're you know, they're blade running, they're right on the edge, they're out there doing, you know, six hours of sleep, their their testosterone's as high as it can possibly go, fucking natural, they're they they are an absolute fucking ticking time bomb that's that's explosive on the field. What are some some warning signs young athletes should look at that maybe they're they're getting in the red a little bit? And if you're a coach or if you're a mentor, if you have an opportunity to talk to some of these guys, what, what what? what are some ways that you can help harness them and use that for for positive so that that hyper competitor doesn't become life destroying
3: all true leaders who are great leaders in the right way for positive know how to serve. So the reality is if you only put yourself in a position to lead and succeed yet never take a knee and serve, you're in danger of walking too far.
0: What do you, what do you mean by serve?
3: For instance, I'll go in in the day and I'll train some of the top athletes in the world, and I'll work with them. you say, "You'll see me with a kid. It's usually a handicap kid. I, I run neurological reengineering wrote the system and help people with disabilities. I'll be on my hands and knees with a little boy teaching him to crawl. I'm going to be in there, and I'm the first one to take the knee. I'm the first one to talk to the boy. I'm the first one to be sentimental and kind and considerate. I want them to know that they are valuable, they have purpose and that we're here to help them and be impactful. If it takes a certain humility to allow that to happen, and if you don't serve people, guys will tell you I'm they always say you're, you're you're the last to quit and the first to buy the beer sure I'm going to serve right I I, I want to be the man that no matter what position or accolade or thing you achieve you're still willing to be the lowest guy on the totem pole you're still willing to do the job that needs to be done for another human being to help them better their lives and and if you always keep that balance That stays in check. It's when you remove that balance, right? What is the uh, uh, statement that's uh, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely, right? I, I, I actually think that's incorrect. I actually think power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely if you allow it but if you continue to keep yourself in check and humble yourself mm-hmm. and serve and and take any Gandhi had a lot of
2: power I, I completely agree in that statement that was Lord Alton I think is the one who said that mm-hmm. power corrupts absolutely and we talked about uh, Marcus Aurelius mm-hmm. he had mm-hmm. absolute power but he lived like he lived that stoic lifestyle sure. he could have had Wine and women and everything, but no, he he monitored his desires. So he's a perfect
0: example of that. If you allow it, yeah, it the, I, I like that idea as well. It's the idea: of money, power, whatever you want. You know, money makes money. Uh, what does they say? Money changes people. No, no, no. Money makes you more of who you always were. Right. <laughs> I love what you're you saying
2: know? about a, a true leader serves. Like, a, people think like like a leader or a king or you know what I mean. Just what like no, a real leader is gonna get down like how you said you're getting down on the floor with people and I could vouch for that. I've seen you do that and it's fucking incredible. It's 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 really incredible. It almost makes me want to cry. Like it's 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 really beautiful the life's that, that you're changing for from all walks of life. Yeah. Um but yeah, a true leader like is going to be willing to 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 sweep up the mats and wipe up the floor, you for know sure. what I mean? He's not just going to be like you do it, not just you have other people do shit. Like they're going to be willing to 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 do anything,
0: anything they would ask is something they would do themselves. Well, it's a great social signal because of what you just said, right? It's like if one of your trainers, if there's a hierarchy there, somebody thinks that, hey, look, I'm the head trainer. Yeah, well, the guy with the name on the side of the building is doing this. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what do, what do you mean example. you don't have to do it? Yeah. What, what do you what do you mean? What do you mean that I, I used to do that or I've I've leveled up? Yeah, well, no, nah, dude. It's a great social signal. It really is. I mean, there was a study done. I forget who did the study. Forgive me, Mommy. Maybe pick it up. uh, But they had a car broken down on the side of the road. And they had uh, somebody sitting on the back of the hood, like, with their thumb up for a couple hours. Nobody stopped. And then they had the same person trying to push. Somebody stopped, like, every 10 minutes to try to help the guy push. Mm. If you're showing the effort, if you're showing that you're willing to put the work in, humans help. We're, we're a tribal That's people. really interesting but if you're sitting there going come on guys Just you know, for a I need some help versus, yeah people yeah. are like ah, you know best of luck to you <laughs> I agree you know it, it's a very interesting but as far as being a leader is concerned you know being able to put yourself in those positions what do you do to check yourself? From time to time, to make sure that you know, because it is like you said, you know, once you can afford the the king, you know, the king bed, and once you can afford the satin sheets, it's it's harder to get up at five o'clock in the morning. Hundred, it, it's harder to clean the toilet when you can afford to pay somebody else to do it. You know,
3: humble yourself, put yourself in humbling situations.
0: Is there somebody you lean on to help you? Uh,
3: my wife's great at humbling me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no question. But I, I, I honestly, you know, I, I I try to be introspective. I try to be a person who. You know, I I spend time in the morning, I pray, I focus on what I have to, and, and, and I do get in a position where I judge me, I question me. Was that good enough? Did I do enough? Call yourself it's, a task. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Am, am I who I need to be every day? Am I am I am I worthy of of what I was given? And and those things are important because I don't think we ever are right. I think mm-hmm. I think you're going to do is uh, uh, the best you can, but we're human. We're going to make mistakes. So the reality is
0: there a danger is, in being too hard on yourself in that regard?
3: I think there is it, negative
0: self talk. I there, think there
3: is if you're if you're attacking yourself instead of saying, look. I did really well at these things, but I can be better at these things,
0: Ah, uh, interesting,
3: right? It's, it's, this is something I can grow. This is an area of me that I need to do a little better. I need to serve a little more. I need to invest a little more in these people's lives. I need to, I'm not going to judge my abilities or attack myself, but I am going to hold myself accountable for what I do with my abilities each day.
0: That's interesting. And what, what's your process in doing that? Is there your process? Are are, are you going through like these are the five things I'm going to do? And you're doing a pre-production kind of post-production on this? Or, I mean, there's there's people that are. Uh, I just sent you the Rob Deerdeck thing. There's some people that are living their life down to like hour by hour, minute by minute. They have everything that they're going to do for the next year plotted out. I sent you that. Oh, you sent me that. I'm yeah. sorry. Forgive me. That's <laughs> the opposite of the one you sent me. Uh, that, I mean, that was fascinating. I don't know if, if you're familiar with that. That's, I mean, he is, like, obsessed with optimization. And he's constantly preparing, executing, evaluating. And he does it in these cycles. And you're talking about, like, a circadian rhythm. I've heard somebody else talk about it, but I forget who the guy is. He's, like, this old, jacked-up, juiced-up older dude who wears tight jeans. And he's, like, uh, you know, he, he, he doesn't have, sick. he doesn't have seven days a week. He has 21. You know, and like you, you like my first day happens from three a.m. Oh to yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and uh, you know, obviously the cynic in me is like. He's like
2: his days are like his first eight hours, his yes, next eight hours, exactly. and then his third eight. Yeah, hours. so
0: you know, I'm. I by the end of your week, I'm already at three weeks. By the end of week two, I'm already at a month. By by yeah. a year, I'm kicking your ass, and I'm like not the way time works but like, <laughs> that's, that's not the so way his time works yeah, that's, barely not, how, sleeps. that's <laughs> not how this works not like, <laughs> everybody yeah,
2: not everybody yeah, not
3: everybody. yeah. yeah.
0: i mean yeah, but that's what i'm talking about It's like reality it's like no man you know you didn't speed up time it's not no, no. you're not, efficient god bless you but
3: <laughs> yeah i'm definitely structured and organized when it comes to what i have to accomplish and there's a plan for that for sure but i also like the freedom of life to happen
0: the creativity like, right, the flow right,
3: yeah right? like uh, Life isn't going to, I'm not God, so life is not going to go the way I plan every day. And my inability to fluctuate with that makes me inefficient in itself. So the reality of me being able to say, whatever happens, I'm going to respond. Life is what, 10% what happens to you, 90% how you react to it, right? What am I going to do with what I have every day? I need to, I'll reflect on what I did do in a circumstance and then how I could do that better if I'm if I'm faced with it again for sure in those conversations with myself or I'll look at it and say look this area of your life is weak you haven't spent enough time with your daughter and you haven't talked to her enough about these things you need to be better at doing that so you need to work this into your plan so that you not only organically do it but you also start it intentionally so that or organic nature happens. Because anything in life takes a catalyst, right? So you got to sometimes be your own catalyst. And, and, and if you're that catalyst for that motion, then you can let it organically happen once you started things to occur. And I think that's, that's important for me to make sure I'm regularly doing that. And I'm checking myself on what I do each day.
0: Now, I love these parables. We need to get a book together of, like, the top 100 borrowers quotes. Well, man. I, we got, I, like, this I is... actually have a couple
2: that, he, that are written
0: down on the wall in the gym. Let's go. Uh, we, we
2: cover, <laughs> we, remind me to cover this before we go. But I have a couple uh, quick questions I have written down. Do you have a favorite sport to coach? I have
3: people. Honestly, okay. like people always ask. It's me, not a like, a No, I've worked with every sport. I, I, I should say every you sport. Said, some sport out yeah. there that someone has. Right? That I've I sure. touched a man
0: before but. you were married. I can imagine it was like beach volleyball.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> stupid. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't like beach volleyball? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, some of the stuff the men wear is tough. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> wait. There's men's beach volleyball? <laughs> yeah.
3: To hell with it! Burn <laughs> <laughs> this thing down. Oh, we thought that's what you were talking about. <laughs> all right, I've been really in I
0: was in men. Orlando all week. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Anyway,
3: I think you find every sport and every position in every sport has something special about it, and it's really like the type of person because certain people fit certain positions, right? Like certain mentalities fit certain positions. When you're in football, I could tell you the difference in each position, what they're going to be like, how Mm. they think, how they talk. They fit those positions, and the excitement for me is finding a way to help all of them find that greatness inside of them that they succeed not only in their life, but maybe they change the lives of the people who come after them. We always say like, we want to change poverty. We want to change, you know, the environment around racism. We want to change. Okay. Then impact somebody's life in a way that they change generations. No,
0: no, I don't want to do that. I just want to post on Instagram. Somebody else do it. Right, It's very hard. Just somebody else do it. Here's a, here's $1 change the world. Step
3: up. Like look at, look at, you know, Adam Jones, prime example, look at Pat McAfee, prime example, look at Brandon Graham, look at, you, you you take a look at where they started, none of them have what they have. None of them had that. Every one of them struggled, fought, faced adversity. Each one of their lineages has changed for generations. Mm. Their kids will have better schools. Their kids will have better environments. Their kids will have more positive influence. Their kids will have better financial wherewithal. All of those things have changed, pulling them away from the societal norm that condemned them in the first place. They've so ended the that
2: generational is, poverty like, yeah, they've changed. Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: Y- yes, yeah. yes yes and no because the if you believe the chinese they have the three generation rule they think all uh, the third generation loses all wealth that's, so it's the
3: easy hard easy syndrome.
0: that's the right easy now. hard yeah, yeah. easy syndrome that's you know when by giving your kids everything you never had uh-huh. you turn them into everything you never were mm. so you know pac-man jones type of a deal that dude was a dog because he had to be his grandson who's growing up with a trust fund and going to the princeton day school may not have that dog
3: in him. yeah that's that easy easy times make hard people and then uh you know Hard, hard, people hard, hard, yeah. hard people make hard people. Soft people and soft people make hard times. That's it's right. That yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. What you about, what um, I mean, I so I think you covered this a little bit, but how do you get people to go beyond what they believe they're capable of in both sports and in rehab?
3: I think there's a lot. of One, you have to know your person, right? So I think people think you can come up with like a little map and you say, this is how I'm going to get to this person. It doesn't really work that way. You have to know the person. You have to know their desires. You have to start understanding them as a human being. What, what are their fears? What are their questions about themselves? Where do they feel efficient and inefficient? Where do they need? And then you have to reinforce the positive in all circumstances. And you have to mm. find those spots and then keep hammering that positive home. Their growth, even in coaching, like I hate when people, and you know, I was a terrible rep. You had this, this, and this. I'm leaving, like, I'm out. I don't yeah. even want to hear you coach anymore. You're a terrible coach. The reality is. Give me okay. Look, man, nice job on that one. You know your toe was down. Just get your toe up. But Look, you look way better. You're running great. Sure. Give me a give me a something shit I sandwich, can work on. Right, yeah. right. Give me a give me a positive. Give me a correction, and then give me a positive again. Totally. Let me feel good about what I'm trying to accomplish and what I'm doing in every aspect of every minute you're with me, and I got a chance to get that.
2: That's so important. I think so. Any coach needs to hear that. That's tremendous. Yeah, yeah.
0: But also the. Have you ever been in a situation where you went to a guy and say, "Hey, listen, man, it, you just don't have the speed for this position, but I think you can work in this position." Have you Have you ever tried to course correct them? If like, because on the one hand, you want you want to you want to juice them up as much as you can, you want them feeling good and enthusiastic about himself, but then there there does come a time where reality hits. Like it like there there was a kid that that back in the day just to give anecdotal. Thing on this. He went to Clemson. Unbelievable. One of the best athletes. I, I, He was a great friend of mine in high school. And all high school, I didn't know anything. I was like, bro, you're not a football player. Like, come play baseball. You'd be the best athlete on the field, every field in the country. Everybody runs 4-4 in football. Nobody runs 4-4 in baseball. I'll teach you how to hit. It'll take me like a week to teach you how to hit the ball on the ground to shortstop. You'll beat it out. Like, he, no doubt in my mind he would have got drafted. No doubt in my mind he would have made a, a good run. Went to Clemson for, like, two weeks, and everybody was big, strong, and fast. And it, he just – he didn't like – Took like a get, couple hits and then We talked about this. He, he didn't like getting hit in high school. And I, and this is my boy, and I was like, brother, you don't like getting hit by me. I ain't going to Clemson. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, come, come play this sport with us, you know, fat, slow people. You'll love it. You'll be so good. And it just didn't – you know, and at the same time, it, like – I don't know, I I, I I wasn't able to convey it in a way where he didn't take it as a disrespect, right? And I think in some ways, like, if you're dealing with these really, really high-level athletes, I imagine over the course of 30 years, there had to be some way where you were like, brother, you're you're just not a running back.
3: Sure, I think I think the way you convey it is, uh, I had a, a guy who actually was a safety, similar situation to when you said not fast enough, but didn't tell him he wasn't fast enough. I sat down and said, look, man, you're a good safety You could be a great linebacker Mm -hmm. and in journeys in life, we got to determine where our greatness is found, not where our goodness is found, right? Like what separates you from your population? What makes you unique? You're powerful. You're smart. You're physical. You have all the attributes of a middle linebacker. Mm -hmm. You don't have the attributes as many of a safety. You have some of them, which makes you good. But if you shift and gain 20 pounds, you're great. Mm. And he did, and had some pretty success, pretty good success, like a Erlacher. Yeah.
2: yeah, so he did.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, so it's not, it's not really the, it's not really the lyrics. It's the music type of a deal. Hundred
3: percent. It's 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 the perception, right? Like we talked about, life's reality is perception. So the reality is, if I if I let you see the positive in growing and don't attack you with the negative, you're more apt to make that decision.
0: Interesting, interesting. That's very. I that that uh, I just read something from Simon Sinek that was very interesting, like that as well. He's like, always be honest with people, but don't always be honest with people in the moment they're vulnerable to the honesty. So like, somebody's like, you know, I did a performance. Well, how was that performance, man? I gotta tell you, it's great seeing you. It's awesome seeing your environment. And then the next day, be like, bro, I don't know about that. Yeah. But in that, I moment... I think the po-
2: positivity, positively laced. Uh not
0: correction, but the positively laced feedback is important. There's an art to that, though, because otherwise it can come off as like pandering or condescending. Sure. You know, there, there as is long as an you're getting
2: the information as long as the information is being portrayed. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's that's a good lesson for a lot of people.
0: And it's important that the person knows that you care. Like I think all the athletes that you work with know that you care about them. Mm-hmm. Look, he's not going to bullshit me, and he's not doing this just to hurt my feelings or to make a buck. Yep. You know, that's that's important as well. You got to really put that equity in with the athlete. And or the person in any regard, they, you have to have that equity with them to be able to be honest to, to somebody who's vulnerable to you like that.
3: I agree. I think I think the other piece, like you said, you know, they have to they have to know you care to, to care what you know for sure. And I I, th- I think the other piece is when you do sit in there, you're still being honest. You're just you're just not condemning them, right? It's 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 funny. The first question was, well, what attributes don't I have as a safety? Okay, well, let's look at all the people who are safeties and how fast they are, and let's look how fast you are. You're not as fast as them.
0: Like a game speed, man,
3: hundred percent. <laughs> but my reply was, now let's take the linebackers and look at the same times. You're faster than them, so you're in a position where, it, and your mindset is more aggressive. Yeah. You're more thought. You know, you like to understand the the offense and what's happening. Sure. it's perfect for your fit. You can cheap jamming yourself into a round hole. Or you can fit in that square hole and knock somebody up.
0: It's really interesting, mm-hmm. safety too, because I mean, we're watching this now. Big giant fans. Landon Collins is going through this. This was an All Pro safety, and now you know he got released. And now people are like, "You can be a great linebacker," and he's like, "I'm a pretty good safety." They're <laughs> like, eh, we're gonna release you. You know, I mean, Ro- who was the guy with Dallas back in the day that they wanted? To, they made they wanted to make him a linebacker, and he was like, I "Not uh, Roy Williams." Yep. Roy oh, yeah, Roy Williams, yeah, yeah. great safety for one or two years, and they we're like, "Hey, move the linebacker." He's like, "Yeah, I just retired." Yeah. Uh, Rose Williams
2: a stud. What is stud. Was he Oklahoma? Yeah, Oklahoma. Yeah, that's right. Stick. Yeah. He could hit first yeah, couple years, are. big time. Why? Uh, with the dragon logo, uh, with Barwis. Where did the dragon come from?
3: So that's a reminder for me. Uh, it's a good question. No one ever asked that. Uh, when I was young, I was. My, I told you what my grandfather said i was i was very aggressive right I'm very passionate very aggressive and it was my greatest weakness but it was also what made me good at what i do and everything i do um so when i was young the people started calling me the dragon they're like when that switch flicks he he loses his mind like he's he's over the fire top. in the yeah, eyes he loses his mind it all goes away everything in front of him is going to die and, <laughs> and he's coming out the other side. sports and, earth yeah, yeah and i and i think uh You know, I hit a point in my life with trying to balance that and come up with a a, a good spot where I knew when to use it and I knew when to hold it. And I knew how to use it for good, but when we came up with the logo, we chose that, or I really chose that because it's something that I want to remind myself of every day, that when I look at it, that it's there. But I got to know when to control it and how to use it. It's a good reminder.
0: Harness for me. that energy. Fascinating. That's yep. uh, Jordan Peterson talks all the time about the dragon of chaos and the idea that you know you you can't just you can't put the fire out completely because you have to be a dangerous man, but you have to control the dragon of chaos inside. That's very. I'm imagining that this came before Peterson, right? This yeah, is... a long
3: time. Ago. He's a <laughs> lot yeah. younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's
0: pretty interesting. Wow, that's a, that's a, a very fascinating parallel,
1: man. Yeah. Let uh, me. We also uh, have a question for Mike from the chat. Uh, it's uh, This is from our good friend Runaway Slav. Mike, having worked with so many athletes, what variation in sports medicine and training have you seen between country and country and continent and continent, uh, more specifically, most unique, extreme, and just outdated training methods? Interesting.
3: Good question. I think, uh, I think all the different areas of the world have addressed performance training from a different perspective initially um i think europe went heavy into sports science america went heavy into intensity and training um i think you're seeing now the combination of both uh do i think that uh, America was inefficient. I mean, obviously not. And we've got more gold medals and medals than anyone else in the world by far. Was, we're over 700 the next country. So obviously we're pretty good at development. And we've got some pretty good athletes. Um, but at the same time, I think uh, other cultures could get better at increasing the intensity of work and, and making sure that coaches are more engaged in motivation, direction, support, and lifting someone beyond their normative levels or taking them to a pinnacle. And I think in America we've got to keep growing in the implementation of the science, which we're doing very well of doing so. So I think I think there's been different approaches, but I think everyone needs to kind of meet in the middle to be really good it's no different than when strength conditioning first started there was the medical side and there was the performance side and usually the medical side knew nothing about performance and and any way to apply it but they were trying to give directives and the guys on the strength side and the performance side didn't know a damn thing about science but they were trying to give directives and neither one liked each other but they both needed each other it was the same thing then and i think it's 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 it was that way for maybe 15 20 years ago where there was the progressive science that grew in other areas like, you know, England and Australia and other places where you had that that growth of sports science, but the coaches weren't really as efficient uh at at getting into having that relationship and that soul drive and couldn't get out of the athletes what other people could and didn't when it came to coaching implementation and, and structure of programming weren't as sound however now i think you're seeing guys that were really sound at the secondary part and didn't have any science are starting to step back and learn the science so i can see that happy marriage in the last five years that's that's starting to head things in the right direction i think we're all going to end up in the same place
0: what, what are your thoughts on, to double down on that question, what are your thoughts on uh, performance-enhancing drugs and their, you know, their value or, or not value in, in the uh, performance environment? <laughs>
3: I mean, obviously, you make it better at sport. There's no question there. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, that's that's a proven factor. I think. I think that the question is regulatory effects, right? I mean, you can't open the door to some and not others. Uh, if you do, it is for sure unfair competition. Sure. You're going to end up in a an environment where you've got one guy who's who's basically a horse and another guy is a person. The two of them are racing. It's not really fair. Yep. Uh, I, I, I do think that when you look at. Um, Aging, There's probably the greatest limitating factor because as people age, the amount of testosterone that they Mm -hmm. uh, uh, excrete decreases. uh, There's a number of other effects as well. But uh, if you want to sustain longevity, giving a person a a drug could do that probably. Is that fair? If one doesn't and another doesn't, I would say no. Um, If a person's injured, using them to heal them. I like sometimes I don't understand that as uh, for a process, but but yeah,
0: it's almost like a death sentence like, okay, this guy could take this, come back and perform, right? But well, no, he can't because that, that's you know,
3: yeah, I, I think the rules are there for a good reason, though. I think, I think we have a you know. You don't want people to exploit it, right? You don't. You don't want uh, Johnny to uh, take a performance-enhancing drug to recover, and then he comes out and dominates people who he's not anywhere near as talented as, and hasn't worked as hard as, and they don't have the drug. That's the difference, right? Sure. I mean, so I, I, I think there has to be a balance. Where it's going to go, I don't know. I, I kind of like the fact that you that you restrict it and you limit it, and you don't and you don't permit it because I see the work. So I see the guys that put in the work. I see the guys that grind. I see the guys that go through the punishment. I see the guys that struggle. I see the guys that dedicate their lives to what they do. I see him come in every day after coming off a, you know, a serious spinal issue and, and recover from that and fight for it. That doesn't come free, right? Mm-hmm. So another guy that takes the advantage of going into a ring with him and he took a steroid and he didn't, that's bullshit. Yeah. Because you're, you're beating a guy who outworked you, not because you're better than him, because you took something. That's Away with shortcut. That, yeah. That's nauseating to me. That makes me you, you shortcut the, the the dedication and the drive. The journey wasn't yours, it was someone else's. So I you, don't like that. If
0: someone mm-hmm. takes something when you're training them, do you refuse to train them or are you aware of it or
3: I have in the past. So I have in the past told guys, look, I'm not training, you got to get off it or I'm out. Uh sometimes you don't know, right? Sometimes you don't know, sometimes you do. I think I think you know, I'm not I'm not condemning the use of uh, if a guy breaks his leg and he's got to heal faster and and it's a prescribed medication to help him heal faster. I want him to heal, mm-hmm. right? I just I just don't want him to have a competitive advantage from it. And if you're going to open the door to drugs, and you got to open the door to everybody, right? Like you can't open the door to some and it's a slippery say, uh, slope, right? Yeah. Like it's it's it, it gets too delicate because you well guys over the age of 35, I can get them back to their normative value of their hormones. Okay, so you pre-tested them, you know what their hormones were when they're twenty. Why are you making them twenty when they're thirty five? What about the last hundred years of athletes that were done when they were thirty five? Yeah. What about like yeah. it's it's really like it's it's a tough door to open and I don't like If it is open, I'm cool, right? If everybody's open and it's fair and everybody agrees to it, that's one thing. I don't like what it does to the body. I don't like the growth in the heart and the cardiomyopathy and the decreased size of the chambers and the willingness to to have a heart attack and die at a younger age. That's not for me. I don't like the growth of tumors. I don't like people having more readily available cancer in their body because of it. Those types of things to me, that's that's not a positive, right? I'd much rather you learn the discipline and the work and the grind and the fight it takes to be great at something instead of looking for a crutch to get you there. Because I think we do that too much in this society anyway.
0: Cut corners on it. Mm. Right,
3: I got a
2: couple of these quotes before uh, we a have A couple to quotes up. and then we're getting out of here, Amir. Yeah. Um, so one is Man's Destiny. Uh, but the first one I'm going to re- read doesn't have a title. It goes, Paralysis invoked by fear instills staggering waves of discord in the heart of man. In moments of crisis, we must control the emotions that envelop our reality and instead speak into our soul the purpose of our creation. We were destined for greatness, and greatness only evolves in a man with a fearless perspective. It is our ability to find possibility within the crux of, tri- of tribulation that separates our successes from failures. God's glory is seen most clearly clearly when humanity triumphs over the adversity in the world.
0: That's one of your great quotes. Yeah. I imagine you wrote you- that while wearing a uh, Centurion helmet. <laughs> is that like, you know? You, uh, you haven't heard Man's Destiny yet.
2: Um, this one's a little, is a little tougher. Do you, now, do you know these by heart? I know most of them. uh can you help me with man's destiny? Cause I gotta, I, so here we go. All men were not created equal. This is merely a farce. Some men were born superior yet, yet never pay the price to have their talents come into fruition. Instead they sit, See, I, I took a picture of it. So I got to like scroll <laughs> back and forth. Uh, this is in the, from the recovery room. Shout out, uh, to Rob Cost, a great guy. Uh, idly, they sit idly by and accept the the mor- the morality that passivity provides. They succumb to the virus of a lazy nature and become cohesive to the normality of man. It, it is only the warrior, I gotta scroll back, who accepts the burden and acknowledges the obligation in his it, it to his line, that commits the ultimate testimony to his creator. Bear your burden. For only one has chosen to harness the weight of your cross. Your destiny lies within its crushing sinews. That's some deep shit. (laughs) It is through pain and hardship of the journey that victory is granted. Go to the next part. Establish your legacy. All you stand for and those you represent will reap the benefits. I just got uh, goosebumps. Um, Reap the benefits or suffer the consequences of your actions. So do not waver when you feel the strain of your bones and the pain in your soul. It is temporary and will pass. The years of punishment and pain you endure, defeat unacceptable, defeat unacceptable surrender, impossible, and, do- and domination inevitable. When it is time to fight, fight. Let the blood that courses through your veins run cold. Unleash the demons within. With every essence of your existence, punish those who oppose you. Let not pain or blood loss subdue your rage. Embrace the pain, for it is the only way we know we are alive. When the dust of battle settles, the glory goes to the man who is willing to fight against all odds, even in the face of imminent defeat. Knowing that he does... Shit. Knowing that all he does is all he is. We got one more little paragraph. So I ask you, who are you? What do you stand for? When you awake in the morning, do you desire conquest? Can you withstand the stresses of this world? Will you rise to the to the level necessary to achieve victory? Have you prepared your mind, body, and spirit for battle? Will you walk the untraveled road, the untraveled road to reach or read to reach your destination? Do you let your passion guide you past your adversities? Are you willing to let? Are you willing to give it all for glory in His name? Will you? Will you surrender all to provide it? To provide those unable to provide for themselves? Do you possess the will of a champion? Are you truly a man? It's a great
0: Mike Barba's quote, bro. It's a big Gave time, bro was Like quote. two or three times, bro. Do you, do you know that one by heart? I know most of it. Well, why don't you go ahead and read in your gravelly voice so we get It would a be, it'd be views. way better than a vote, <laughs> if right? we get a billion views instead of the internet <laughs> lacing him for not knowing me, how to read, try, yeah, that I would know. be I'm, way I'm better. I'm scrolling through. I'm I have a s- picture I of I it. I know
1: things. I know. I, know. I <laughs> sounded a little fucking retarded. No, you, no but, yeah. you
0: did great. You did great. But the yeah. internet's fucking yeah. ruthless. You did, I, you, I, you I know,
3: did fantastic. Yeah, it was awesome. I sit down and and just thoughts. That's me reflecting. I like that. That's me reflecting. That's me me looking at at. What I need to do to be a better man, and and what I can do to teach people to find what's inside them, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's 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 just reflection.
0: Do you have uh, one to
3: take that's us out? Beautiful. We're, I
0: remember see. I
2: remember re- before I knew you, reading those on the walls. I'm sitting in the cold tub and shit, and I'm just like, I gotta meet this. That's
0: hardcore guy. stuff. I'm like, this yeah. is I remember my guy. He, came,
3: he came back and told me like, he like, my like
0: big time guy. You have one that you can give us that's not on the walls that we can take us out with. Uh,
3: depends on what you want. Something
0: fucking medieval warrior (laughs) epic like that something like that it's got
3: that vibe yeah
0: something like I want to once more into the
3: you were swinging an axe in one time for sure yeah man I I wanted to bang a shield listening to that thing let's go those naturally just come to be honest when I'm just sitting they just I don't really have to spend a lot of time I write those all the time and they just naturally come. I sit and think about what I'm thinking, uh, mm. uh, or what what has occurred, or what I what I want to want to suggest about, and uh, and they just write them. They're organic. They're sure. very very natural. So from the soul. Yeah, yeah so i'll tell you
0: what i 'll give you very specific our boy Omri, our our producer he's ha- he's going through a tough one he's he's uh, essentially homeless out in l a right now he's got his uh cars broken down he's chasing his dreams he's come all the way across the world from israel to to chase his dream to be a stand up comedian he's still producing uh our show the best he can while he's he's you know traveling around in a in a suburban and now you know he he's hit, he's hit a serious hiccup here. You know, what can you tell Omri, you know, to to help him get back on, on the on the good foot there?
3: Stay the course. I think most people in life quit just before they get what they want. I think life is full of adversity and struggles, and, and that's what uh, eventually cultivates who we become. It, it, it's what draws out the substance of our manhood. It's what pulls out our strength. When we face adversity, we find out who we are in the worst of times, which allows us to, to grow and fortify in the best of times. I think each one of those challenges comes for a reason. It comes because of who you are and what you have inside. It becomes this because of the strength and the depth of your soul and your ability to handle those stressors and when you don't submit come to them and you don't bend over and fall to your knees and drop and, and beg for, for mercy, you give yourself the ability to fight under any circumstance. You give yourself strength and direction when everything else goes awry. And those are the people that succeed. So the truth is you may sit now in a place where you're struggling to get where you want to go and you feel like there's no uh, sunshine beyond the clouds. But when you're consistent and you never give up, you may be be moments from those clouds parting you may be just one more heartbeat from an opening and the world being the cleanest brightest it's ever been that you've ever been exposed to most people quit just before they get what they want don't quit that's it
2: i love it it's fucking perfect that's what we're gonna go out on but i want to give a quick shout out to the to the uh the whole bar with staff um rob costa we got shout out connor tony um, the PT staff that's been helping me out big time. Uh, that's, uh, Kelly and Joe, Christy, Dom, Austin, the whole crew, Vlad, uh, everybody in there, uh, you've, you've built something beautiful, man.
0: Yep. And I'm very, I'm forever grateful for yeah. it. If you're an athlete, and, and
2: this just this just became my favorite podcast, Mike, I yes. love you, brother. If I, you're, appreciate if you're it. I appreciate you. If you're in South Florida,
0: you. you have to check out Barwis. Barwis is an unbelievable performance.
2: Where, where else do you have uh, you have, you have several, right? Yeah, we have one in
3: Colorado. We have one up in uh, Fort Pierce. We have, uh you know, used to have one in Michigan. We sold that one, but we have uh, those. are Those are the ones that are here. We do some stuff in Japan. We do some stuff overseas in the country of Georgia. So uh, all over. But the big ones in the U.S. are Fort Pierce here and and out in Colorado.
2: And the Jim's Instagram is Barwis at Barwis Methods.
3: Yeah, it's just Barwis.com, I think.
2: Barwis.com? At
3: barwis.com, yeah. Okay.
2: I think the Instagram is Barwis Methods. At least that's the one I'm following. Is there be. another one?
3: It might be. I don't know. i am not, I'm you're, not you're not the one controlling that. <laughs> oh, I know.
2: Man. I know. Yep. You should get some of these quotes out there, bro. Absolutely. More people, I'm happy we got to share this with the world, but, yeah, yeah more absolutely. people need to be he- hearing you, bro.
3: Honestly, though, I... I it's only good because of the people that I'm surrounded with, the people that they're amazing. I'm the worst of them, and uh, I think it's the same thing in this room. You know, you're, you're an amazing human being. I love you. You're a great family, and you guys have, have, have are world-class at what you do, but you're also world-class people, and that makes it easy for somebody like me to come and do something halfway decent.
0: Oh, dude, we we got to have you back. We know you're a crazy busy guy, but we got to have you back sometime, man. This was absolutely fantastic. For Christian, our engineer in the booth, Omri on the road, he's homeless. Send him something on Venmo, please. <laughs> For Mickey rocking the battle bars, I'm Gerard Michaels. This has been Slick and Thick. We will see you on Friday, folks. Peace. <laughs>